I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 74, in which we talk donation quilts. And I'm recording this on Friday, December 30th, 2011, my last official podcast of the year 2011, which is sort of exciting and surprising all at the same time. Um, Those of you who follow my blog and have been on Twitter know that I've been down for the last couple of weeks with a really horrendously bad cold, Um, probably worst cold I've actually ever had. I uh, am more or less coming out of it now, but I don't know how much of a voice I've got or how long I've got it. So I'm going to do what I can on this podcast, and when my voice gives out, I will call it quits and post. So this might be a little bit disjointed. I'm going to be recording different segments and then putting them together, and hopefully it'll turn into something enjoyable by the end of it. Meanwhile, um, I will try to edit edit out all of my sniffs and coughs and that kind of thing. But um, meanwhile, you're just living in my world, so welcome to it. Um, I want to start out by uh, saying a couple of announcements, and then I've got some catch-up to do. A lot of has been going on in the last couple of weeks since I posted, so um, I've got some stuff to talk about. But then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what I've begun referring to as donation quilts, uh, more often referred to as charity quilts, but I'll talk a little bit about... um, why I'm calling them donation quilts as well. But first, some announcements. Do be aware that Pam of Hip to Be a Square podcast and Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom podcast both have new podcast feeds. So if you're a listener to those podcasts, make sure you have um, checked their blogs or just go directly to iTunes and resubscribe to their podcast. Um, Because if you're just waiting for an episode to appear and you're still on the old feed, it probably won't happen. Uh, They've both done a good job at publicizing, but we're just all trying to cover everybody's bases. If you don't listen to their podcast, you should be, so go find them. Um, In any case, just go to iTunes, resubscribe to both of their podcasts, or go to their blogs and find their information about their feeds there. And Pam and Tanisha, my my sympathies for having to go through that. It is not fun to have to move your podcast feed. I've had to do it before, and uh, congratulations on doing it successfully. I have gotten your new podcast with no problem. I also have a quick book review to offer. Um, another one of our beloved podcasters, Sandy Colwell of uh, Quilt Cabana Corner Podcast, is also a pattern designer, and she has a book out called Little Quilts for Big Occasions by Leisure Arts, and I now have a copy of that book, and it's wonderful. I just wanted to give a shout out to it. Um, it has seven seasonal wall hangings that are just the cutest things. They're straightforward enough for beginner, but there's also a lot of potential there for fun for more advanced quilters. Not only are they just a a cute wall hanging to have for special um, occasions, but there's also a few that would really lend themselves towards just going to town with embellishments. Um, You know, I can see all sorts of beaded sprinkles on those cupcakes on the Celebrate wall hanging and fun little sparkly effects on the Let Freedom Ring one. Um, They're just too much fun, Sandy. Thank you for giving us those designs and uh, creating the book Little Quilts for Big Occasions. I am really looking forward to playing around with the designs in that book. Um, You can find it, everybody, on Sandy's website. I will post a link to that. Um, 
I, I'm sorry, I didn't check Amazon. Probably available there too, but I'm not sure. But I will definitely link to uh, Sandy's website. Um, again, playing catch up a little bit. I really have been so out of it. I was even joking today with Jay um, and Pam that even things that I thought I had accomplished earlier this week, I'm finding now I didn't, or <laughs> I only did them partially, or I didn't do them right at all. Um, you know, it's amazing between being sick and then being on all the cold medicines, which one's worse? You know, you don't know whether it's the illness to begin with or the loopy making medicines that you take to uh, to help you deal with the symptoms. Um, but in any case, uh, it's been a fun week. There's been a lot going on, fun couple of weeks. In addition to the holidays, which I had very nice holidays despite being sick, I did end up missing um, Christmas Eve service. I was home I stayed home while my husband and daughter went off to church because my daughter was one of the readers in the service. My, um, they really would have liked to have stayed home as a family, but she had made this commitment. So I sent them off and I stayed home and got Christmas gifts wrapped and um, got dinner made. We didn't end up eating dinner until 9 or 9.30 at night, which is not fun for any of us, but um, that's just kind of the way the schedule worked out. And my son got home. He lives, he goes to school and lives um, about an hour away from us. And uh, he had to work on Christmas Eve day. So he, as soon as he got out of work, he threw some stuff in the car to spend the night and, and came home. So he probably got home around 8 or 8.15. Uh, so I wasn't alone for very long, me and the dogs. Um, but it was a nice, quiet evening. I always, whenever I wrap gifts, I always wear my Santa hat and I listen to Christmas music. Um, so I still, you know, was able to be in the spirit during that time. So that was a nice evening. And then... Um, Christmas Day, of course, we had Christmas morning here uh, with just the four of us and opening gifts. And then um, we went off to my um, mother and father-in-law's house with the rest of the family. Um, my husband's one of his brothers, the other two brothers live out in California, but one of his brothers and his wife and their three kids were able to be there with us and his aunt and her daughter. Um, and uh, so there were a lot of us there. Unfortunately, again, I was so um, not only not feeling well myself, but really trying hard not to get everybody else sick, that I stayed as far away from the table with all the appetizers on it as possible, sat in another room, um, kind of just sort of by myself. I would only let my immediate family members sit next to me on the couch. All Everybody else had to keep their distance because I really didn't want everybody else going home from that sick. Um, and then we had, <laughs> between the four of us, we ended up with three cars there, go figure, uh, but that meant I was able to leave, you know, relatively early after all the, the dinner was over and the gift giving was over. I just sort of took myself back home so I could crash. Um, but my husband and the kids were able to stay and hang out with their um, family a little bit longer, although they weren't too, too long after me. Um, so, you know, unfortunately being sick always puts a little bit of a damper on the holiday, but it was nice to still have that time together. And we had a, a very pleasant holiday altogether. Um this weekend, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, again, probably pretty quiet. Um, I had sort of had a passing thought about inviting folks over for a New Year's Day brunch, but I'm still just coming out of this thing, and I'm so afraid of overdoing it and then setting myself back when I have to start going back to work next week. So I'm going to just lay low and take it easy for one more weekend. Um, New Year's Eve is always pretty low-key. We just stay home and play games. That's what we like to do as a family. My son is, again, going to stop by. He has to work again on New Year's Eve day, but um, probably will be able to stop by somewhere around 9 o'clock. And then he'll be heading out with his friends, but then spending the night here. So um, Sunday morning, New Year's Day, he does not have to work. And 
I'll be able to do, you know, kind of a, a nice brunch thing just for our family um, and just hang out again until he has to go back to um, Buffalo. My daughter is with us for another couple of weeks. She doesn't go back to school until almost the end of January, so we have lots of time with her, which is nice. So that's kind of just the personal life. Um, let me go back in time a little bit more than that. I had participated in the Quilting Gallery's fourth birthday celebration blog hop, which was mid-December. I think it was something like December 12th to 17th or something like that. And I just wanted to report in a little bit on that. Um, Sassy Coconut won my drawing. Some of you may recall that Sassy Coconut, sorry, Sassy Coconut had won the drawing I'd done right before that. She is one lucky young woman, if any of you are like, you know, I don't know if you need some luck or something, contact her. She could probably send it to you. Um, I did, when I contacted her to let her know she won, I reassured her that it was a random drawing. I had not rigged that in any way. She just happened to come up. Um, but, you know, she's a new a young quilter, and I'm really glad to be able to provide her some supplies and inspiration. So, um, you know, I found it highly entertaining that she would win twice in a row. But I also think, you know, that was sort of destined to be because she can use all the, you know, the impetus she can get to keep going. She does some great stuff. Um, somewhere I think you could probably find she's left comments on various of my blog posts so look her up and see if you can find her um, blog link I don't think she'll mind me saying that it's fun to watch her uh, growing as a quilter as well as as a young woman so uh, Sassy Coconut congratulations again um, on that blog when I posted my blog entry for uh, the the fourth birthday celebration blog hop I asked people to leave as their comment to get into the um, drawing what quilt project would you absolutely love to be able to do right now if you had everything else on your need to get done list done? Um, and I got just a ton of great responses, but there were some themes that emerged that I was really intrigued by. Um, it was really interesting to me to see what people were naming. And probably the first thing was a lot of projects for themselves that got sidetracked by trying to finish things for other people. And I've talked about that on, on previous blog posts. Yes, we all are always doing things for other people and that's great. Um, but if you've got projects you want to do for yourself, there's really nothing wrong with sliding those into the schedule here and there. Um, I think we tend to always put those things last on the list. You know, we'll get to them when we get everything else done. And I encourage you to, to bump it up a little bit, get it up more towards the top. Um, just slide a project for yourself in once in a while. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, some other things that came out as themes is a lot of people want to do finish, either finish or start Dear Jane quilts. Um, a lot of people, this one really surprised me because it's so traditional. <laughs> but a lot of people want to do double wedding ring quilts, which I just think is really cool. That's one of those very staunch traditional patterns that's been around forever that's really made a comeback I think um, in the modern quilting world I've seen it done a lot but it's still very popular in the traditional world as well I guess we could call that a crossover pattern um, but a lot of people want to do double wedding rings a lot of people also named cathedral windows and I think that's the same thing that's another very traditional um, block it's been around for a while and it's made a resurgence in the modern quilting world uh, because it lends itself to some of the design sentiments that I think are present in modern quilting. Um, and so that one's made a big comeback too. 
some runners up, some other things that were mentioned fairly often, but not quite as often as those three, the Dear Jane uh, double wedding rings and cathedral windows. Uh, several people mentioned Baltimore album quilts. Um, a few people mentioned Bargello quilts. A few people mentioned hexes. And again, basically finishing UFOs and projects for themselves that had gotten set aside. Um, and so, as always, my question is, what's stopping you? As you look towards 2012, um, you know, like I said, if if you've got projects that you dream about doing, but you're so busy doing stuff for other people, you know, here's my encouragement. Bump it up the list. Put yourself on your own schedule. If it's something, if what's stopping you is a fear of messing it up, you know, if you don't think your skills are quite up to your tasks, so you need to learn some things, Here's your encouragement. The only way you're going to learn it is if you do it. So don't worry about messing it up. Sure, you might. I've certainly messed up a whole lot. I'm still messing up a lot, um, particularly when I'm on drugs. But that's another story. Um, you can you, you got to learn it. You just got to get over yourself. And I'm, I'm talking from experience on that because I almost every day have to just get over myself to take something on. Um, and then there was, I think, my favorite comment of everybody was be a quilter who said I want I would want to have a maid so I can quilt more <laughs> and that's that's definitely something I think we can all resonate with I did also participate um, not only as a blogger but I participated at, by visiting a bunch of other blogs during the quilting galleries uh, blog hop I don't think I got through all of them but I got through a bunch of them anyway almost all of them I think um, and I actually won as well. I won the triangulations software um, from Sue Hecker of SueHecker.com blog. Uh, that's www.SueHecker, H-E-C-K-E-R, all one word, dot com slash blog. And I, you know, obviously I visited her blog as part of um, the drawing and I immediately followed it. It's a great blog. She does recipes and quilting. She does also do knitting. So those of you who are knitters out there would also enjoy her blog. Uh, she has great photography and she's got a very funny sense of humor. So here's a shout out to Sue Hecker. Not only because she sends me presents, <laughs> but also because she just was an enjoyable blog. Um, and... The triangulation software, if you're not familiar with it, basically it prints out foundation paper for you that you then pin onto fabric to make um, half square and quarter square triangles. Um, and I believe it also has what she calls tamed geese, basically a flying, flying geese um, segments. And, you know, the funny thing is I actually have some a couple of books using the triangulation software that I inherited from my mother, but I did not have the software itself. Uh, so it's nice to finally have a match set, and I'm looking forward to playing with that. So thank you, Sue, for being a part of that blog hop and letting me win. Okay, um, more recently, a really, really big thing that we just did was BDSI, uh, Boxing Day Sew-In. I'm sorry, I don't know why I suddenly blanked <laughs> in the middle of saying that, what Boxing Day Sew-In was named. Anyway, uh, we had a lot of fun with it, and I want to, again, give a huge, huge shout-out to Pam, Tanisha, Jay, Katie, and Sandy for their help. Um, and if you don't know those names and need to refresh your memory as to who's they, who they are, just go to my BDSI uh, blog post. I do have all of their full names, their podcasts, their links to their blogs, etc., etc. And um, I had so much fun, I can guarantee that I will be hosting something like that again. I also learned a lot about how to work it better next time, so it'll go a little more smoothly, but it was so much fun. Um, Basically, for those of you who did not, were not able to take part in it, BDSI was both blog-based and Twitter-based. Um, 
it was the main giveaways were based on off of my blog and so i had asked a question there and i'll talk about that in a minute and people left comments for a variety of things on the blog and so all of those folks got entered into multiple giveaways because all of us pam tanisha jay katie sandy and myself all had at least one giveaway a couple of us had two and people um could enter for those a number of times and then on Twitter, we also just had conversation going all day um, with the hashtag BDSI. Um, but we also did some Twitter-specific giveaways, just some sort of timed things. And I'm not going to be able to remember them all now because, again, I was on drugs <laughs> at the time. Um, but I know uh, Pam did a couple. I did a couple. We we would post a question or we'd post something that people would have to ask uh, or post a photo about. Um, and we'd give them a time limit. So sometime in the next hour and a half, for example, or in the next two hours, uh, post whatever. And then we'd take the names of everybody who would post that and do a drawing. And so we had several drawings um, going off of Twitter as well. Uh, my original plan was that I was also going to um, do some stuff on my Facebook page that day too. Unfortunately, that's where the illness really took effect. I could only um, track <laughs> so much and I could barely track what I was tracking. Um, that I just kind of let the Facebook thing go. And I do apologize for folks who aren't on Twitter uh, because you didn't have as much of that immediate uh, response as other folks did. Um, and hopefully next time I'll be able to do that. But I will also say I've been on Twitter actually probably about a year and a half or two years now. I've never had so much fun as the last maybe three months <laughs> on Twitter because suddenly there's this whole quilting community that has sprung up. A lot of us podcasters are on there and very active and a lot of other folks have joined in um, as well. And so just about every day I'm now on Twitter. I check it frequently during the day, see a lot of people's pictures of their finishes, get links to their blog entries quickly. So I, I read them faster than I do when they're in my reader. Um, a lot of people post pictures of their pets <laughs> as well, as do I. So it's just a lot of fun. So if you haven't experimented with Twitter yet, I would encourage you to do it. Um, it is just a hoot and a half. And if you just go to twitter.com and look in their help section, you'll get directions about how to do everything there. Um, but again, it's a lot of fun. And um, I just invite you to join us on Twitter. But like I said, next time if I do or when I do another one of these uh, sew-in giveaway days, which I will, um, we'll, we'll try to make sure that Facebook is a part of it as well. So anyway, back to uh, the main blog. The question I had asked on the blog um, because the roots of Boxing Day are actually in charitable giving. If you look, I had posted some links on my Facebook page uh, with links back to the history of Boxing Day at one point. Um, so you can go back and explore that. But uh, in honor of that, I really wanted to um, kind of encourage people to think about donation quilts or charity quilts. And so I had asked um, for people to tell about one donation or charity quilt that they've made in 2011 or plan to make in 2012. And it was really, again, very wonderful to read the responses um, that everybody gave. There were such a wide variety of organizations and types of donation projects that people were making that it was really inspiring for me. I'm not going to take the time to read all, it was like 177 comments or something like that, um, but there were some basic categories that a lot of them fell into. A lot of folks did... Um, either just straight donations or mostly raffle quilts for fundraising campaigns for various organizations or their guilds or school groups or the schools themselves. 
A lot of folks do quilts for military personnel or veterans, you know, um, Quilts of Valor and other organizations. One person mentioned, which I had never thought of before, um, making toiletry bags for female military personnel. And that was something I'd not thought of before. And that makes a whole lot of sense, too. So that's something you might want to look into, too, if you're interested. A lot of folks made donations for natural disaster. Um, Australia, of course, the Queensland flood relief, Japan, uh, areas where there had been forest fires that had uh, wiped people out of their homes. Um, and of course, uh, Joplin and a tornado that was there. Um, there were just all sorts of natural disasters, unfortunately, all over the world. Um, a lot of people did provide quotes for victims in those circumstances as well. There were a lot of gifts to individuals that were in the hospital or suffering a loss. Um, I don't remember that I saw any, but I I know, you know, like prayer shawl ministries, there's knitted or crocheted prayer shawls, but there are also quilted prayer shawls that um, are now becoming part of a lot of church ministries. Um, but a lot of people also just gave quilts to individuals um, that they knew of that were in the hospital. Uh, one person, I'm sorry, I didn't write down the name, but told a wonderful story about when her cable guy came over to fix her cable and um, found out that his wife was in the hospital with pneumonia. And so she had a quilt in her room that she had recently finished, I think, or, or whatever, but she gave it to him to take home to his wife. So his wife would have something wonderful to wrap in when she got home from the hospital. So that was a, a wonderful little um, kind of a uh, spontaneous donation. That was a great story. Um, but again, making quilts for people suffering losses, people going through family issues, going through, um, you know, times of, like losing jobs and that kinds of thing as well. Uh, quilts for hospices, for cancer centers, for hospitals, particularly pediatric units and NICUs um, and ICUs, sorry, uh, women's shelters, nursing homes, um, people that work with local fire department or police stations, ambulance services, emergency responders of all sorts to provide quilts for people, you know, particularly after house fires or any time that people are in emergency crisis situations. A lot of folks make quilts for orphanages in other countries. Um, they're just, the possibilities are just endless. So rather than me trying to take the time to compile all of these in post blog, uh, post lists on the, the show notes and et cetera, what I'd really encourage you to do is go back to that BDSI blog and read all of the comments because you will get some fantastic ideas. Some folks did give the names of organizations. Some people gave links. So look to your quilting sisters and brothers for ideas for how you can also, um, where you might also provide donation quilts. Um, and also, Pam had uh, put together a list of some ideas as well that I had included as part of that blog entry for uh, BDSI. So that's all on the Boxing Day Sew-In original blog post that has the Boxing Day Sew-In um, logo on it. At the time of this recording, it's now maybe two or three down on the page. If I remember to, if I have enough brain power by the time I post this, I will put the direct link to that blog post on the show notes to this episode. Um, but read everybody's comments because they really are absolutely wonderful. Now, before I get onto um, the content of this, I also want to just do a couple of other very short announcements. There is going to be a New Year's Eve and New Year's Day sew-in, which is going to be hashtag NYSI, and I believe that's only going to be Twitter-based. There won't be any giveaways. It's going to be hosted by Lisa of A Stitch of Faith blog and Darla of the Scientific Quilter podcast. Um, it just sort of came up again as these things tend to spontaneously generate uh, off of Twitter. 
Um, it's just a time for people to kind of get together and, and chat throughout the day about what they're doing and post encouragement and post pictures of completions. It's really a lot of fun. Um, I right at this moment, I don't know if I'm going to be participating or not, only because I, my family hasn't told me what I'm doing on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day yet. I imagine I'll be, you know, touching base here and there, um, but I'm not looking at those two days as necessarily big sewing days for me at this moment until my family tells me it could be. Um, the uh, Sorry, there's a sniff. <laughs> uh, the other quick announcement is just to remind you about the 2012 Quilty Resolutions giveaway and check the show notes from episode 73 for the online submission form for your 2012 Quilty Resolutions. And remember, you do need to listen to the episode first in order to fully understand the questions that I asked on the form for your resolutions. I've already got something like 20 responses already. That is fantastic. I've um, kind of scanned through them. I haven't read them thoroughly yet, but I've really enjoyed seeing what I've seen. And I haven't even fully formulated my own response yet. I'm going to, I'm planning on doing that this weekend. I always do this big thing on New Year's Eve about my own resolution. So that's when I'll finalize those thoughts and I'll post my own in the page too. So don't forget about that. Um, okay. Now into the content for this episode. I'm not going to repeat what I said on my blog post where I started ranting. Um, suffice it to say <laughs> that I had uh, spent my BDSI day, which actually was not because I was not doing well that day physically, I didn't get a whole lot of sewing done. But the project I started was a charity quilt um, donation project. And it was one of these where um, I had been given a pieced top and my job was to simply um, get backing together and batting and quilt it and bind it. And it should have been a very straightforward project, but it wasn't. Um, and most of that was because I was just too sick to deal. And I had become so completely dispirited by this whole project altogether. Um, and I'm going to refer you to my blog to understand why this has been an ongoing project from a couple of years, from probably 18 months ago now. I don't think it's been two years. Maybe it's been time passes so quickly when you're ignoring things, <laughs> I guess. Um, but this was a project that was not really one of my own choosing. I was sort of doing it under duress, and that's not because it was a donation quilt. I love doing donation quilt projects. It was the nature of this particular project in and of itself that was just working my very last nerve. And finally, I just had had it. And um, I also had my other projects for BDSI were... Um, donation projects uh, from our guild where again people had donated things to our guild to then turn into donation quilts and um, our guild had so many they had such a surplus of them that they knew that those people who were kind of doing those ongoing donation quilts uh, would never get through it so what they did was divided everything into smaller um, sort of project bags and encouraged guild members to take them and finish them for them. And so, you know, we were presented with the possibility of just having this bag that had just a couple of things in it. And so it felt much more doable. Well, my bag, I finally broke it open. I hadn't really looked at it that closely. And I tell you, I've had that bag sitting in my um, sewing room for probably at least six months at this point, if not a little bit longer. Uh, I pulled it out and I had potentially two sort of baby crib quilt size, small, very small crib quilt size tops, and then an orphan block. And they were all, well, okay, the two pieced tops were, I thought, ugly. <laughs> 
I guess, you know, we're not supposed to really use that word. My mom always used to tell me that's not a nice word. So let me say they were um, unfortunate. <laughs> Maybe that's a better word. They were unfortunate. Um, they were a mishmash of fabrics, no attempt to make anything coordinate, but they were just thrown together. No, I, no thought given to whether any of these fabrics actually work together or not. And I just thought they were unfortunate. So I decided rather than making two unfortunate quilts, I would try to contain the unfortunateness into a single project. And they were both the same size, fortunately. So I just used one as the front and one as the back and put binding on them. And I did a simple tie um, or I, I tacked them down on my machine sort of in a tied quilt fashion um, and bound them. And so it's one very, it's not a crib quilt size. It's smaller than that. And then the orphan block, I ended up turning into drawstring and the uh, drawstring bag. And the orphan block was actually, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It was just poorly made, but I don't think that was necessarily the quilt maker's fault. Um, it was clearly hand pieced, which was impressive. Uh, but I think it was the fabric itself was not good fabric. And so it created all sorts of issues in the block. Um, again, I posted a blog post about all of that and explained what I had gone to do. and. Um, and posted pictures. So you'll see all that there. And then, but then I went off on a rant because after working on all of these projects for the last 18 months, the, the grand total of them, I had just had it with the idea that we can slap anything together, not caring at all about what it turned out looking like and donate it to charity with the expectation that they should be grateful for anything they got. And I know that strong words, <laughs> and I know that may not have been the intent of the people who have made them, and I'm probably being horrifically judgmental in doing that. But again, I've been sick for two weeks. I'm kind of a little cranky right now <laughs> anyway, so, so you know, I, I forgive me for that. Um, but I, I ranted on my blog post, and I really point the, figure, the finger more strongly at myself on this too, because since these were so horrible to start with. I had no spirit whatsoever um, to try to make them. Uh, yeah, I could have cut them into little tiny pieces and tried to put them back together. I could have, um, I don't know what else I could have done with them, but yeah, there's other options. I chose not to take them. I just wanted to get them done and get them out of my life. Um, and that's to my shame. I really take responsibility for that. That was the wrong approach for me to take. Um, that being said, I am not at all sad that those things are now done and out of my life. Um, so I'm I'm working on that attitude myself. But I also, you know, so I ranted in my blog and I've gotten a lot of really, really thoughtful comments. And I really appreciate that. Um, there's a couple that I wanted to respond to specifically. But some clarification first. I, I want to read one email that I got, which was just wonderful to me. And I did get her permission to read this. Um, Suzanne had emailed me to say, uh, she says, I wanted to cheer you on in your rant for the reason below. A little over a year ago, I was on the receiving end of a donated quilt when my now adopted, then foster son, came back to us after having gone to live with his birth mom in a home for teen mothers. The director of the home insisted that we keep the quilt, even though I had said it should be passed on to someone who needed it and that I was a quilter myself. She said, no, the quilt should stay with its recipient, our son. And now I am so glad that it has. I sometimes cry when I see it, and I've got some tears now as I think about it. The top was pieced quickly and easily, 
It's twelve large squares from two different panels, I think, but the quilting was done with such care. There isn't so much quilting as to stiffen the top, but the designs in the panel are very neatly outlined. I appreciate that though our son was away from us and was not actually in a very safe situation, he had a quilt that someone had made with care and attention. I guess I'd just like to think that someone else out there cared about, and maybe prayed for, the baby who would receive enough to make something beautiful and with great attention to quality and craftsmanship. And that's what I was trying to say in my rant. I had, If you read all the comments on the blog, and I encourage you to do that because people shared a lot of their own stories. Um, I told Suzanne when I got her email, I got choked up just reading her email. It, it was It touched so close to home for me about what I feel donation quilts should be. Um, and I, I want to say, you know, that my reaction to the quilt projects I was working on, I wasn't really reacting to individual fabrics, um, nor that the fabrics themselves had been donated. You know, generally speaking, any fabric on its own, even ugly fabrics, can be dealt with <laughs> and can be made into something attractive. What I was reacting to the, was the fact that I had received finished tops that or not finished, um, pieced tops that clearly somebody had put together thinking this would be a charity donation quilt. And there was no thought given to these whatsoever. Um, they were just unattractive, unappealing. The fabrics weren't even comfortable fabrics. They weren't even something, in some cases, they were not fabrics I would want near my face. Um, they were not fabrics I would necessarily, you know, feel cuddly with or anything. They were a mix, mishmash. They weren't all 100% cotton. For example, you know, a lot of them were um, dressmaking materials of various kinds. In a couple of cases, I even suspect they might have been upholstery scraps. You know, so these were not things that would really, I thought, give somebody comfort. And it's to my shame that I did finish them and sent them out the door. I should have found something else to do with them and say, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> this is just not going to be a quilt. That's to my shame. Um, you know, I would say I have complete faith that had I packaged up all those pieces and sent them, for example, to Anne Kenlin of Green Stitch Podcast, she would have worked wonders with them and the world would be a much better place. Um, and, you know, and I'm also not knocking everybody who does charity quilts. Obviously, I have seen a lot of really, really cute donation quilts out there, a lot of really cute charity quilts, and I celebrate those. What I am ranting about is the ones that aren't. Um, and as I said in my blog entry, I have actually seen on <laughs> on message boards, I have heard it said, I've seen that there is this thought out there if you have ugly quilt, make it into a charity quilt. If you have a quilt that you've made a lot of mistakes in it, donate it to charity. If you've got this, that, or the other thing that's somehow not up to par, donate it to charity. That attitude just works my last nerve, and I'm sorry if I'm offending people by saying it again. You know, I'm sick. Give me some, cut me some slack. Um, there are so many cute possibilities for donation quilts out there, and I think that's why I'm starting to use the word donation rather than charity. I think the word charity has started to take with it a whole lot of baggage that is completely inappropriate. Um, there's nothing wrong with the word charity itself. You can use charity quilts. I will probably continue to occasionally refer to charity quilts. But for me and my own thinking and my own kind of reflecting on what I want to start doing in my quilt making, to use the term donation quilt instead makes me think about it differently. And, and I know that's probably just weird, <laughs> but that's the way it is. So I'm going to be referring to donation quilts. Um, 
I also want to, a couple of people, you know, that it is true that people who don't have anything are often grateful for whatever they get. And that's fantastic that people can be grateful for that. Um, I just question my role in providing it. If I have mentioned, I think on this podcast before, that I have spent the last several years volunteering with refugee communities here in my hometown. So I have um, been in families' homes. I have met people on the plane. I have been a part of clothing drives and winter boot drives are a big deal up here <laughs> and um, winter coat drives, et cetera, et cetera. I know what people don't have and I know what it means to give them something um, to provide for them. And I understand that, um, you know, I, I had the experience, um, that I was getting off the plane once after having been on a week long business trip. And so I had, you know, a big suitcase and I had my carry on and there was a refugee family that happened to be on, um, getting off the plane at the same time. And because I work with refugees, I know what to look for. There's certain tags and things that tend to, to happen. So I recognize this, as a family of refugees, and I was really struck by the fact that at the same time as I was pulling my honking big suitcase off the, the baggage carousel with my big overstuffed um, carry-on slung over my shoulder for just a week of a trip, and here this family, I believe there were six or seven of them all together, mother, father, and, and a pack of little kids, um, here they were moving to this country with all of their worldly possessions. They had two plastic bags of goods, um, tote, or I'm sorry, zippered tote bags that maybe were a hair bigger than my carry-on. And that was all they owned. So I understand that. Um, on the other hand, I will not give them something that's not of decent quality. And, you know, <laughs> I had one experience where we had been running a bunch of donation piles through our church. And one um, Sunday afternoon, I had sewing machines that I had found for several of the families that had sewists in them. And I had them all set out in some sewing notions and things that had been donated by my guild and other guilds, and they were all out on the table. And I had taken off my own winter coat and thrown it over a chair um, while I was hauling all this stuff around and getting it organized. Didn't even think about it. And then, like an hour later, when everybody had taken all the sewing machines and everything, I turned around and noticed my coat was missing. <laughs> And I realized somebody had thought it was being donated as well. And so I made some quick phone calls. And my, my concern was not that my coat was missing because, yeah, I would have been chilly on the way home, but I have the wherewithal. I could have gone out and bought myself a new coat with no problem. But my concern was I hadn't cleaned out the pockets. I had no idea what was in there. And I was very afraid that somebody had taken a coat thinking it was a donation was going to find all sorts of schmuck in the pockets. So... You know, I was concerned about that. So I understand that. Um, but again, it's a matter of quality. And I did have another person contacted me who worked in a who works in a food cupboard who said that a lot of people donate half-eaten boxes of cereal and food that's past the expiration date. You know, as far as I'm concerned, ugly charity quilts are, I'm sorry, unfortunate charity quilts are in that same category. So that was my rant. Um, but... I, and again, I'm pointing the finger firmly at myself and my role in this and my own mindset in these projects and that I want to change that. Um, and because this is such a passion of mine, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I really want to, um, 
Now, first of all, I'm going to make a donation quilt of my own choosing this weekend. I'm going to use, I had planned on getting some UFOs done, but instead I'm going to make a donation quilt. I'm going to use, I think, I went through some of my quilt books this morning, and I think I'm going to um, use this as an opportunity actually to try out a new ruler I bought maybe even over a year ago now. Um, it's part of, if you're familiar with the strip clubbing books series, there's strip club, there's more strip clubbing or something like that. And then this one is strip tubing and it's done by the same people and it's got a special ruler. You use two and a half inch strips, you sew them together in, in certain ways and you sew them into a tube and then you use this ruler to ev eventually you um, get to blocks. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to go into that now, but I think I've got a ton of um, strips in my stash, uh, not only jelly rolls, but strips. I always cut my own. If I've got scrap fabric left, I'll cut two and a half inch strips. And I think I can probably pull off a pretty attractive um, donation quilt fairly quickly, fairly easily, and have it look cute when I'm done. And so that's my challenge to myself that I'm going to work on this weekend. Um, but the other thing I've done is I've started a third Flickr group <laughs> for this for this podcast, and it's called Donation Quilt Projects, parentheses, Q-F-T-R-U, which is the initials of Quilting for the Rest of Us. And you'll find it at flickr.com slash groups slash donation quilt. And again, I'll put the, the link to that in the blog. It's also linked to if you go to our regular Flickr uh, quilting for the rest of us Flickr group, I've left a message with the link to it there. Um, what I want you to do is when you create your own donation quilt projects, um, quilts, quilted tote bags, uh, drawstring bags, whatever you do with fabric for donation, um, post them to that that group, that pool, um, but also give some information so that we can inspire each other. For example, was this donated fabrics? Um, was this donated blocks? Did you have to use particular troop, uh, tricks to make something that was donated more attractive? Give information about what organization it's going to, and it, particularly if it's something that other people could be involved with, leave a link in your comment. Um, all you have to do is you can put all that in the description. You don't have to go on for, you know, paragraphs. Just give some basic information enough to uh, give other people information. If you use somebody's pattern or design, say what pattern it was so that other people can say, oh, that's really cute. I think I could do that. Um, whatever, you know, use your own experience to help teach others. Or if you don't have time to do that, just post the pictures. And if you do have to use unfortunate fabrics or unfortunate blocks, post before and after pictures too would be a lot of fun to say, hey, this is what I started with and here's what I did to turn it into something cute. So what I'm looking for, it is show and tell, certainly. I'm not talking about tooting your own horn. I mean, I think we all get a little nervous about saying, oh, look at how much I've done for donations. You know, don't worry about that. What we're doing is saying, here's something I've done, and here's how you can do it, too. Um, that's what I'm looking for. It's show and tell, but it's also providing information for others. And then, because, again, I believe in putting my own money where my mouth is, this is such a passionate concern of mine, I am going to turn it into a random drawing periodically. So every quarter, I'm going to go into that Donation Quilt Project's Flickr group, and I'm going to randomly draw a name, and I will send that person a gift, which is my thanks for sending more beauty out into the world. So there we go. That's going to be kind of an ongoing thing for 2012, the Donation Quilt Projects Flickr group. And it will be turned into a drawing once a quarter. Um, 
But obviously, I hope you don't do donation quilts just for the chance that you might get your fabric-y goodness in the mail once a quarter. Um, obviously, that's not why we do it. We do it because we love fabric and because we love other people and we want to bring joy to other people. Uh, so I hope you'll participate in that as well. Given the number of comments and the number of charity quilts and donation quilts that are or projects that are going on out there, that photo pool should have a ton of stuff in it very quickly. Um, I do also want to give a shout out to World of Charity Quilts. They are, um, I can't, I'm sorry, I should have done my homework first. Uh, a woman from that organization left a comment on um, a couple of the different blog posts and they are an organization that does do a lot of um, charity quilting, a lot of donation quilts, and they post pictures um, on their website of what they've done, and they've done a lot of really cute stuff too. So shout out to them. They know how to do it well. Um, so again, this is not my uh, tirade against donation quilts, <laughs> nor is it my tirade against fabric particularly. It's my tirade against um, foisting unattractive things off on other people. That's all it is. I just want beauty to to be spread throughout the world <laughs> so take it for what it's worth um hope you'll join that Flickr group and i'm looking forward to further conversation i'd encourage you to read the comments that are already there oh i do also have one fast response to um quilt and jenny had left a comment referencing the ugly quilts and ugly quilts capital u capital q that's a specific quilt project for homeless folks and they are intentionally made to be unattractive because if a homeless person is carrying an attractive quilt, it would get stolen. Um, the only cautionary uh, tale I would say with that is I did several ugly quilts with church groups back when they first kind of became a big deal. And they are publicized that you're supposed to use um, blankets or what is referred to, I think, as lightweight rummage uh, for the batting. You don't use actual batting. You use other things. So it's a way to repurpose and recycle all sorts of stuff. But I would caution that really, really pay attention to the light weight because we used uh, the person that was running it for us had brought all these donated clothes and things um, that we used as our batting and kind of spread that out. And those finished ugly quilts probably weighed 40 pounds a piece. <laughs> they were not something you, you actually create them so they have straps so the person can carry them on their back. Um, these were something you, you would be a pretty strong person by the time you hiked this thing around a couple of miles. <laughs> they were very heavy. So be very, very careful. Uh, the ugly quilts are a great project. Be very careful about what you use on the inside of those so that they don't end up horrifically heavy. Um, but that is a great project. So thank you, Quilt and Jenny, for, for mentioning that one as well. So I think that's it. I think that's my rant for the day. I'm pretty impressed that my voice held out as well as it did. And uh, I will now go drink a lot more tea and um, start working on my own strip tubing donation quilt. I'm looking forward to playing with it. And I uh, hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's holiday and a safe one. Um, and look ahead to a year full of wonderful possibilities in 2012. And I will talk to you in 2012. Thanks for being with us. I'm going to uh, let you know how to contact me after this is all done. So until next time, go get your quilty on. As always, you can be in touch with me in a variety of ways. You can email me at sandyquilts.com 
that's Sandy with a Y, quotes with a Z, at gmail.com. You can follow the blog, you can follow me on Twitter and Pinterest, and you can friend me on Goodreads, and in all of those places, I'm Sandy Quilts with the Y and a Z. You can also like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook. You can join our Flickr group, please do. Love seeing your pictures. You can join the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup, and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup after you've joined the Quiltcast Supergroup, and we have a lot of great conversations there. You can sign up for the newsletter, and in 2012, I will have an actual newsletter schedule, and you can join the Quilting for the rest of us Kiva team. And you will find links for all of that and probably more than I'm forgetting at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. <laughs>